Lights, camera, action. In a studio where local filmmakers talk to other filmmakers about the inside world of film. Cut. That's not the script. F*** it. We'll fix it in post. Do you wonder how films are produced and what really goes on behind the scenes? Well, stand by. Filmmakers Kevin Mumphrey, Victoria V.A. Jones, and Carson Hype Ferguson explain all the details. Right here on F*** It, we will fix it in post podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever you're listening, I thank you for doing so. I am Kevin Mumphrey, and this is F*** We will fix it in post. I have my co-host with me, Carson Hype Ferguson. Sure. And Victoria V.A. Jones. What's going on? Today, we're talking to a director, writer, producer, and magazine owner. And she goes by the name of Laverne Spurl. How are you doing today? Hello. Hello. I'm doing fine. And thank you again for allowing me to be on your podcast. Now, your expertise is horror film. So what made you fall in love with horror films? Um, I love horror, but when it comes to horror films, I just feel like you can get more creative with horror films. I, I love, I don't, and when I say horror films, I'm not really into like um, the gory, like uh, B-movie horror films. If that's what you want to call it. I I mostly do psychological horror films. Suspense. Yeah, that like has to have a storyline. <laughs> I just don't do the slasher movie. Like, um, I can do a film with no blood at all. I know um, I have a couple of people on my production team. And when I'm writing my scripts and, you know, playing everything out in my in, in my head and then I'm presenting it to them and they're like oh. and then and then we can have this blood and then she can stab him 54 times and I'm looking like uh 54 no. times <laughs> Man, what kind of person you want to say with? I was going to say what, what's your crew what, like what hit team do you have <laughs> oh like, my how much god blood, how much blood did you think we would need I'm like uh none <laughs> We only need to see her stab the stab the character. Um, we already know that 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 he's dead because she stabbed him, and we don't need to see her stab him like fifty four times and blood splattering all over the place. Hit her in the clavicle. <laughs> you know why too? Because um, I have OCD, and when I write my characters. I write some of my characters based around me. I'm not a serial killer, but I know that my character would not <laughs> like to, to clean up a whole bunch of blood. And she's going to do stuff in a way where she's going to make a clean kill where she doesn't have to do a lot of cleaning because that's how I am. <laughs> you know, that's a good script. A OCD serial killer. That's a good that's what you should write next. I just like how you just smoothly went past. I'm not a serial killer. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> Well, my last film, um, The Reeves, was about a doctor who had OCD. And my next film, 333, is about a female serial killer, and she has OCD. So, you know, there's a scene where she kills um, her sister's husband, and one of the people that's on my production 
team, they decided that we was going to purchase a bunch of blood and blood was going to splatter all over the walls. And just by her saying it, I'm like, my, like I was getting OCD. Just by, I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. Because she, you know, that character, she, you know, her her house is immaculate. She doesn't like mess. So she's not going to kill somewhere kill someone where there's a whole bunch of mess because that's just going to drive her crazy. That would oh, drive so she's me crazy. A, she's an extreme OCD type person. Yes, like me. <laughs> so, because when I think like killer OCD, my mind automatically goes to Dexter. So, would it be yeah, something, like, something that? like that? Yeah. Because I was like, for, a, like that. for a murderer, this dude is incredibly neat. Yes, like, I love Dexter. He did all that work before, like you know, you fit a dive. He put this much work in his house to yeah, bring you, you have in. To think about it. Yeah, you're not leaving here alive. He did way too much pre-production here. Like this, yeah, something was gonna happen. Oh no, it's not something. You're dead. Like, <laughs> I didn't do all this work for nothing. You good and like, dead. <laughs> even when um before she kills um another guy. He looks into her cabinet and like the seasoning and the um the kangas, everything's lined up perfectly. That and what's crazy is I never really paid attention to it, but one day I opened my cat my cabinet and that's what I was staring at. Like I do those things and I'm not conscious of it, so I'm just like that. <laughs> I actually wrote that in my script. I had to put. Stuff like that, it's like when I catch it, I just write it in the script. That's me. You open my kitchen cabinets. Like when when I was in the military and my family would come visit me and I was constantly cleaning. <laughs> Somebody, like I would pick up the plates. At one point, everybody was screaming like, sit down. Like, but that's, that's just how I am. I'm just like, so I, I, I'm a lot better now. I used to be worse. Oh yeah, there's there's different type of OCDs. I I have OCD, but it's not extreme. But I have to uh-huh. have certain things in certain areas. And if they're at, like, if I put every day, I'll put my keys, my car, my ID, and my debit card, and something like that, and my ID for work in a certain spot. And if it's out of order, then it really messes me up. But I'm okay with organized mess is what i'm okay with mm-hmm. this is what it's called it's, it's a it's a real thing <laughs> no, no, i know it's a real thing yeah <laughs> i'm just I'm messy so better. what's an organized mess o- organize <laughs> like extreme ocd is like when you like clean and and everything has to be in a certain spot oh, I, and my stuff father like was that. that person he would never let me in his house i <laughs> So so, I know extreme. So organized mess is like I can have clothes on the floor, but they'll have to be in a certain area. I'll get them up. It's not going to bother me, but I can have them in a certain mm-hmm. area on the floor. Uh, extreme okay, OCD is not yeah, going to yeah, have that, was, that stuff on the floor at all. Like they have to pick it up. That was if you walk my... into their house, you got to take your shoes off. There's no walking in your house with shoes on. Okay. He wasn't okay, that bad, me. but everything. I, I, oh, bro. I can't. I just don't understand how people can just like um, just walk around the house with their shoes on after going outside. It's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people like that. It's it's a real thing. I I've I've never met no one 
to that degree. Cause then again, I'm a lot better because I I would I would rather live somewhere now where I have hardwood floors because I mean I got to the point where okay if if you if you need maintenance to come in or somebody <laughs> got to come in and repair or you got a delivery person come on they gotta have you know so then I would just mop the floors after they left right. But if I had company over and had family members visiting, they'll tell you all day, every day, like, uh, Laverne just want us to take our shoes off. <laughs> hey, hey, be like, uh, hey, hey, I know you got that, that package, but you got to take them shoes off. <laughs> you UPS driver going to be like, what? <laughs> you know what? I used to be so bad that I had purchased, um, the the hospital slip on oh, shoes the, for the, the um oh, the, oh my God. The yeah oh yeah yeah is it hey before y'all get in here y'all can keep look today y'all can keep your shoes but make sure y'all get these on <laughs> put these on exactly. don't you exactly. think it's a little bit much y'all coming into my place I'm not coming into y'all's y'all can put them on or y'all can sit in the car that is up to you all the spirits don't like it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> That's a good reason to get people to leave. Look, right. Spirits don't like y'all in my house. I'm an introvert anyways. I use that. You think I won't? Honestly, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> the like, that is a good, good the spirit one. be like, don't lie on me. <laughs> Shh, oh we need them to leave. Like oh, I would think I always think of like nice little little ways to just kind of tip give people the hint it's time for you to leave. <laughs> Because all these old ones don't work. Oh, have you like thought of like acting crazy or just you know letting them letting them think you're a little People crazy? People know me, so it's like it's just Kevin being Kevin. No, no, no. like hey, that's a lot going on in life, isn't it? Probably go out there and find out. <laughs> Not me. No, like, me. I'm, I just cut off the lights and go to sleep. I, I'm, on like, I'm, I'm throwing you out like Martin. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking Uncle Phil like Martin. Phil. Oh, get the stepping. I'm like, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I've never, I've never seen Martin. Say what? what? <laughs> you gotta watch you it. Know you you gotta know watch crazy? episode. I was filming um a couple of days ago at one of my family members' um home, and they were talking about Martin, and they was like, "Do you remember that episode?" And I looked and at them just and I said, there. I, I said, I've never seen Martin, and all of them said, you did what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, what? You're literally the first black person I've known, I've spoken to in my entire life that has never watched Martin. Never watched one episode. I mean, there had to be something that was going on in my life at the time, or I was watching Guess what? I was literally getting ready to ask, like, what were you doing at this time in life? Yeah. What year did it come out? (laughs) What year did Martin come out? Uh, I believe 93. 90-something. Early 90s. Definitely early 90s. How, how many? I don't even know how many seasons he had. I believe uh, he, he had four. quite a bit, didn't he? Four or five. Uh, four or five not as many as he could have had. Cause, you know. I know it was over 100. He had over 100 episodes. Yeah, but the, 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 the seasons were longer. Huh. The, his seasons were longer than normal seasons. Five seasons, 1992. Mm. So what was going on in 1992? That you couldn't watch more. Probably a whole lot, a whole <laughs> lot of them. Well, you know what? I used to watch um, stuff like Charlie's Angels. Like, I've always wanted to be 
for uh, Charlie's um, Angels? A detective. Oh. I always wanted to be a private detective. And in the 90s, I was actually going to school for private investigation. Mm. That's and, probably why. Yeah. And it's crazy because everything that I do, like I, everything that I try to um, apply myself to, I'm, I'm like an overachiever. And I got like straight A's in this class and everything. And I did like, I, I did so well. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm doing good because I'm thinking once I graduate, I'm going to be a um, a private, de- I'm going to be a detective <laughs> for, the, for the police force. <laughs> Not even having my mind that, like, you're going to private investigation school. This has nothing to do with the police force. It was just, it, that's just like a funny joke. But <laughs> when I graduated, um, I got hired, um... I got a real good job after I graduated because I did so well in the school. I got a job with the um, PNC Bank Operational Center, but um, I I worked there for about three years, and then from there I joined the military. But that's what I was doing around the time I I wanted to be because even even now how. I say horror, but my my writing and my films are, are really like psychological horror. Like I like the Silence of the Lambs. I like stuff dealing with detectives and and or stuff where you know as you go along with the story, it just keeps it, you you it keeps you um the the suspense. It's like what's going to happen next. Mm, so, so you it, like uh, Halloween? Was Halloween one of them? I didn't like Halloween. Halloween Same. scared the out of me. <laughs> you know, I, a, that I'm, is one of my favorite. Yeah, that, the first Halloween, that, that creeped me out. Like, I'm the type of person that um, horror films and films where uh, um, uh, a big man killed <laughs> a seat can break into your home and kill you. That kind of stuff creeps me out. Oh. Spirits and ghosts don't creep you out. Don't creep me out. Something that can actually happen, like a, a like a huge man, like breaking into your home and stabbing you with a knife. Serial killer, even though I have serial killers in my in my films and stuff, but that kind of stuff creeps me out more than spirits and ghosts. That's crazy. But it's, you can shoot yeah. him. Spirits and ghosts creep you me out. You can't shoot the ghost. <laughs> well, like, I'm gonna be. I don't think that spirits and ghosts are evil. Uh, people, people in your mind, they're afraid of them and make them evil. Like, I have good spirits that follow me wherever I go. Like, I, I, I stay blessed. Like, they protect me. So I don't believe that there are um, evil spirits. They're like human beings are evil. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> of, uh, are. Yes, yes. Six feet, 200 something pound man in muscle with a big giant knife running after you that can physically stab you 54 times. That's evil. That kind of stuff creeps me out. Man, you, you're stuck even when 54 I, even times. When I, I know. Even when I watch horror films, I'm like, um, I tend to watch horror films that's dealing with like um, the 
supernatural, like spirits and stuff like that. I don't really watch a lot of um, um, horror films with like uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, oh no, Jason scares me. Yeah, stuff like that. I didn't really watch a lot of that stuff. So, which, uh, like I said, growing up, which, what kind of horror films were you watching? Um, it's crazy. It's gonna sound funny, but I did like Frankenstein. I, I felt like he was so misunderstood. Well, he really <laughs> I like Frankenstein. I like um the special that um abbott and costello did with the um the wolfman and dracula frankenstein you like the classics yeah the classics the newer stuff um i do like a lot of stuff like silence of the lamb i like psychological horror films what about even though yes that is serial killers i still like to watch stuff um like, um, what's the film that Morgan Freeman played in? Uh, He's been in everything. Like it's that. on the tip of my tongue. A horror, a horror film? Did he and you it? wouldn't even consider that a horror film. Suspense film? Oh, uh, Seven. Yeah. seven. Well, yeah, I like Seven, too. I've never All seen the films it, but that he I've seen like, clips in, in it. Uh, what, what, about, yeah, I like, what about The Thing? Yeah, I love the thing. Like that—that's that's crazy. And to me, I'm like watching that like it's a documentary. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, this, this all this can happen in real life. I should probably turn this off right now. Yeah, the thing that—that's the classic. I like aliens. I like aliens a lot. Along came a spider with Morgan Freeman. I like stuff like that. Now, what about the uh, Saw series? No, I don't see that. That's not entertaining to me. Too gory. It's stupid too, horror. Too gory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you want to hear people say psych- psychological thriller, they go to that soft like franchise. Smart, yeah, I like like smart, intelligent horror films. Kiss the girls. Suspense. Psychological horror. I, I consider you want to know what's crazy. Okay, when I when when I released my short film, The Read. I labeled that as like psychological thriller. But then when it was going through the film festival circuit, they were labeling it as horror. And I'm like, why are they doing that? And then somebody told me anything that when you're showing anything that's dealing with uh, a zombie, because there was a, um, and and it, it wasn't even, it was probably like not even, in seconds, glimpse of a zombie in my film. Like whenever you show something like that, it's horror. But I just couldn't understand that. So, you know, and ever since then, it was just like, okay, this is what they. But I wouldn't consider what I do horror because my next film, um, it's like as I'm writing it and I have people around me and I, oh, this is gonna be scary. This is gonna be scary. But I keep writing it, but I'm writing more so like a storyline. Right. So you're not and, writing for like uh I guess like points of like okay, this is gonna be a a scary part or this would be a part where you enhance fear. Well, I start off with 
the story, how I want how I want it to come across to the audience, and then I'll fill in the blanks with <laughs> with the scary music, jump scares, and the horror, just to make it scary. Because I do love, I, I think I can be a little bit more creative with um when when with horror than love stories and dramas and stuff like that. So it, it is a thriller. Like the call, I didn't consider that scary, but Till this day, I have friends that watch that and they're like freaked out over it. I'm like, why? It's not, it's not even right. scary. Like that's scary. And I, when I, and somebody told me, it's like it's not scary to you because you are the one that's filming and writing and directing it. But it's scary to the viewer. I'm like, oh, I really didn't think that movie was. Was scary the call even scary? Have y'all seen the call? I don't remember. No, I don't. Remember. I, don't I don't think it was I'm scary. Like- it wasn't scary. Anything with scary yeah, music in it, I don't look at. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what it is. You have people that are like, like, real scary. Like, the, and the, when and they the first music, hear that music, it, yeah. it really works because it's like, you know, something's going to happen, but I don't know when it's going to happen. <laughs> because that's like, that's Halloween. Think about it. Halloween is scary because of the music. Halloween scared the mess out of me because of the music. But if you really look at Halloween, and you don't think about that music, it's really not that scary. Yeah. That's exactly how I want to watch it. If I have to watch it at all. <laughs> on mute. On, on, no, not even on mute. I want the music to be something you would put on like a Disney film. I, like, oh, I, wow. I, I remember we used to watch so many scary movies, not even funny. I, remember I, I have went, literally never said that in my life. And, and, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, Man, like I remember going to theaters so many times, and I remember I, we we went to the theaters to watch that Ring movie. Oh God! So and, oh, man. I really hate. It. I I saw maybe three minutes of that. Yeah, I saw up to the beginning until uh, the girl got out the TV, <laughs> and then you stopped. <laughs> like turn that off, turn that off. No, turn I didn't off. even say that. I didn't realize I could run fast, <laughs> but I turned. Apparently, I can't. And I was on oh, a wow. date when this happened. Mm. That date ended. It was over. <laughs> Realized she, I ain't even did, like her that did much. She call, I'm finna say, did she call you afterwards? She still, she was in the theater. I thought I was in the car. You know, you, you know, you, you know me. I, I don't, like sometimes I don't, I don't exercise my filter very well. And, and back then, it was even worse. It was even worse. I remember I was at, I was at a restaurant. And this this girl was like, "Oh, we just saw that movie yesterday." I was like, "Oh, well, we got seven days to live, and you got six. And, it, <laughs> why, and, and she, really? And she was like, "Why?" You did that to a stranger? Yeah, <laughs> it was just like my homeboy's girl or something. Like that's my first time meeting her, and that's the first thing that you said. Yeah, dude, you should seen her eyes like kind of gloss over. <laughs> She's like, she really thought about it, and I was like, I say, like, "Oh, I said it out loud." <laughs> Wait, did you- all right. Oh, that happened. Oh, like, I'm oh, glad. It's right. actually worse than my story. But no, I, I definitely didn't watch the rest of the ring. <laughs> Ooh, I had a little bit I, of a... I think the, um, was it ring three? I think they came out there with was the three third of them. one. Yeah. Yeah. The third one was real good. I, I'll take like, your word for it. As that franchise evolved, it became, it was like really, really good. Oh, what's that movie with Holly Berry in it? It was a, it was a, you say it was a scary movie, but I didn't think it was because I watched it. She played in a horror film. Yeah. Uh, Monster. I, like I was thinking, I was thinking horrible film, but uh, <laughs> not, not <laughs> horror. Uh, 
I was gonna you say, know what? Like her playing Catwoman was horrible. Let oh. me tell you something. Oh. Holly Berry, when she played in Jungle Fever, she was good. Really? When she played the crackhead. Oh, no, 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 I remember that. Oh yeah, she killed. Yeah, I didn't even she, is it, I didn't even realize that was Halle Berry. Gothica. Exactly. You know Oh good. Oh Gothica. That's that was the name. Pretty good. It was pretty good because I watched it the whole I, way through and I was okay with it. She was a she was a good actress in um Jungle Fever. Now, you know I'm you not know, watching just, nothing I that just, has gothic in it. That's probably why I never even Gothica, heard of it. Gothica is a is a um that's a horror film. And I'm trying to, when I do the, the editing for 333, that's what the level that I'm trying to get on. Because it, it you know, it has a storyline. It's just not, it's, it's not one of those horror slasher films, but right. it's still scary. That's and what's up. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, I forgot about that film. Okay. So how do y'all kind of... Film. Cause I don't know about this stuff. How do y'all gauge like what's like, like what's considered a good horror film? Cause as soon as I hear music, I'm gone. So that it works very easy for me. Y'all probably have a, uh, more of a tolerance for this stuff. I mean, so, I have a small, t- like I'm not finna watch something that's going to scare the <laughs> me. Like I, I don't like horror. Like really, I don't. You like there, it more than I do. There, there's, <laughs> I there's, there's I a certain amount. Like there's a certain amount that I like. You, you right? can take your teaspoon. Right. Right. So, let me give you, I mean, it, it, it. when I was younger, like, my cousins used to make me watch horror films. And that's where my love and hate relationship came from. It, because they would make me, like, they would sit in the living room. And I had to go over there because my aunt was babysitting me. I had nowhere else to go. And they were like, hey, we're going to watch some movies. <laughs> cool. So, you have Child's Play. You got all these other, it would scare the crap out of me. Child's Play freaked me out. You know. Stephen King's It. Had me like walking to the center of the street. See, stuff like that don't scare me though. <laughs> See, no, nah, that it's not, and it's weird. The old one, yeah. Then I, I still didn't watch it, but it didn't bother me. I just nah. thought it's weird to have a clown. Nah. It, play, that new one, the, the leprechaun, and that, oh, and that little, and that little creepy dance. Ooh, no, nah, no. Nah, when, when it like I, I, I haven't seen the new one, but like I remember when that first came out, and I remember I looked at the little drain. And I walked to the center of the road. It did. It did. It did walk back to the other side because I'm like, oh, he ain't getting me. I ain't no sucker. Nah, it, just like Lebanon in the hood. Like I wouldn't. Like I, I wouldn't go outside. Like I did not go outside for a while when the night came. Lebanon in the hood scares you. Yes. See that stuff don't. That scare is me. weird. I didn't even think of it as a horror film. Yeah, that that was. Like but have you seen comedy. all of the lep? Well, have, you're I, not. You haven't because you I haven't like seen the leprechaun. I, I have seen leprechaun, leprechaun in, in the hood. I see leprechaun. In so space. have you? If you've seen all of the leprechauns, like I was introduced to leprechaun, right? So yeah. it was like it was it was scary. You just seen the hood one. You ain't yeah, seen the one with Jennifer Aniston in it or none of it. No, nah, see, I didn't even knew Jennifer Jennifer Aniston was even a part of it. That was the first one. That was the first one. Yeah, had no idea. <laughs> so usually when I hear like the horror film is in like, well, whoever the horror person is is in space or in the hood, y'all just in, this, we're at the end. Y'all ain't got no more ideas. <laughs> so, was was it uh? Usually that? they avoid the hood. What's like, a, what's a one joint? Uh, Doctor Giggles. It was the B movie one, whatever, where the doctor was like cutting people open, stuff like Buster Rhymes was in it. 
I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember remember we saw that, and I was like, I was like, yo, that's That's like comedy. That's not cool. But Buster Rhymes was in one of the Halloweens, and that wasn't a good Halloween though. That was that's the one with Buster Rhymes and what's what's the uh, model? Uh, Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. They win that one. Yeah, yeah. That one sucked. Hmm. Yeah, it started getting stupid. Very. Mm. So, because again, I don't watch this stuff. So, is there a point when they start putting like so? Because I know, um, I think they've had Kim Kardashian in one in some horror film. She got killed what? real quickly. I didn't know that. Either. She, she was in a scary movie, I think. One of the but scary that's movies. that's not a oh, okay, that's not okay. horror. Okay. I mean, that's not scary. See, that's, a says, that's a comedy. See, yeah, I'm taking y'all words. <laughs> you never seen that's a comedy though. You I've never seen, seen scary movie. I just in that's case. A, that's I'm not even. Is that the one with the doll? Yeah, yeah, Child's Play is the one. Oh, Chucky, yeah, that du- yeah that Chucky don't, that that don't scare me. Like anything like Leprechaun and like dolls and like little people. Like I could just so anything short like doesn't that. scare you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm five ten. Hey, hey look, look, look <laughs> if, that, if that mug's six foot. Six foot oh, two. That's a different story. That was six foot story. two. So anything, <laughs> Scream, Jason, <laughs> Halloween, Michael Mott, anything that that scares you. But anything shorter exactly. than you don't scare you. I got you. If it's yeah. like five feet, five eight and under, you're not really worried about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm sitting here talking right now um, on the second floor. If a dog came up here like with a knife, like with menacing eyes looking at me, I'm just like. I'm just gonna look at them like laughing. No, like if they, man. I can I, just like kick them. Like, I'm like, nah, like, I, like, nah. That's that. That doll was kind of uh, that. That was that was a creepy doll for real. I'm I'm actually oh just goodness. picturing picturing that situation you just made. And I'm just imagining going, hey y'all, hold on for a sec. Let me take care of something real quick. <laughs> the, 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 do, the doll trying to steal your soul though, and then nah. he probably got like ultra human look. strength. I didn't, really? I didn't. No, I he didn't. Like, he like pinned the little boy down. It was a Man. little boy though. Yeah, but the boy is three times size of the doll, and he pinned you he pinned him it, down like he won nothing. But it was a white boy. No, you. Know, <laughs> why, why did you? Why, why, come why on, did you do Come that? on, come on. I think with I think with those films, it's not so much that it's like a a little leprechaun and a doll. I just thought the writing was bad. It is. It, it was just stupid. I don't. I don't like watching stupid films. I don't care if it's horror. I don't care if it's comedy. I don't care if it's drama. I'm just like my attention span. Like I, when I was watching Beetlejuice, I got up and left the theater and left my date there. I was just like, Man. I don't like dumb films. Like you I, like I'm a little. Call bit me when you're done watching this stupid. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah, was I, that even supposed to be a a horror? No, nah, it was. Nah. Like, it, was it was almost like a. It was like, like comedy, a, like com- a, a comedy. comedy musical um, slash. I wasn't. Yeah, I don't. I just don't like stupid films. It, it, I don't care if it's it was horror. Real silly. It was real silly. If you ever yeah. just kind of watch, especially going back to uh, like Chucky or whatever, and you see like how they're trying to act off like they're fighting Chucky, <laughs> it's just moving all over the. Like, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, you. I don't you even go think back. I watched Chucky all the way through. I, I haven't watched the Leprechaun or any of those um, films straight through. If you go back, I might well, probably walk past to get some like something out the refrigerator, and a family member was watching it. <laughs> if you look back, it's really it's stupid. It's really I, yeah, like I was yeah. like, it, I Chucky was on sci-fi. 
one day and I just kind of looked at it. And I'm like, why was I so scared of this doll? And you can see it. <laughs> you can like you can see the you can see it like the that scene where Chucky goes and like attacks one of the adults. And I'm just like, what? I was scared of this. Yeah, I think I think once you got taller than the doll itself. (laughs) Oh yeah, maybe that's like. Come on, are you serious? Come at me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all losing fights to this? That man, their little legs are swinging. (laughs) (laughs) So as of today, like, what did? Are there any good like suspense thrillers or mystery? Thrillers that are that have come out there's today. Actually, there's actually a bunch. I mean, I um was it uh I Am Legend is a suspense thriller. It's not really a horror. Um, House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. What's what's the what's yeah, the um that's on um on Netflix. World War Z. That's a that's a thriller. But that's so. What do you categorize as uh, zombie films? What are they? Are they horror? Are they suspense? Like what are they? Oh, survival horror. Hmm. I didn't even knew there were these like types of horror. Survival yeah, there's, there's horror. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. I mean, like uh, like the Walking Dead stuff, like that. It's where you pretty much put yourself in that situation and try to live out through the characters and see which ones you relate to the most. I mean, like it, it's typical end of the world stuff. I mean, yeah, it, like survival movies. Yeah, if you really think about it, for, like was it like I wanted to, Lost? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. You, I wanted you, to correct myself. It was House on. The haunted, the haunting on Hill House, the haunting of Hill House. I said yeah. House on Haunted Hill. That was very good on Netflix. You have to watch that. Either way, I wasn't watching that. So, <laughs> we, we, no, no, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna get uh yeah. we we're gonna get him up on like The Conjuring or something like that. <laughs> Y'all can give me oh, the comic the book. Is, Stuff like that is, good. <laughs> is, is it in a comic book? I'll read it, but I'm not gonna watch it. Oh, have you seen the, the um the Conjuring the um the one that just came out? No, not yet. <laughs> I don't even yeah, like that name. Movie. That name alone sounds I went sounds to the scary. movies to see that. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was good. You know, I most of the time I'll go to the movies by myself because there's not a lot of people. <laughs> it's hard. There's no, not a lot no. of people. But I would go to the movies with, you know, I would go by myself. I would sit in the movie theater by myself and watch a horror film. It, don't, it doesn't bother me. So do you like watch it like during like the matinee time or... Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know, I, I do that too. I, I will I will go when it's still daylight outside. So when I leave, it's still daylight out. But yeah, I'll go by myself. Okay. Yeah, I've done that before. I don't need the whole movie going experience. I just need the, the screen. <laughs> right. Because you ain't got that at the house. So you just need that big screen. It's uh, been time for us. I would say the- that the last conjuring, that movie scared the mess out of me. It was it was scary. Hmm. Honestly, that's that's it. If it scares you, there's a that few, is the seal of approval for there, me. There, there's a few <laughs> times far away from. There's a few times where I turn all the lights on after I watch a couple of the movies, man. and I'll be like, I'll be like, man, um, you know what shadow. does that for me is when I watch those documentary about serial killers, and I'm like, let me let me check everything because somebody might bust through my door. Yeah, I don't I don't like watching the documentaries about serial killers. Hey, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just like to write about them. But what you just like to write about it's them? Too it real. Makes it's, it's, it's too real. It's because they six foot tall. 
documentaries, it, I'm I'm trying to tell you, like, um, the documentaries are too real. It's like in my face, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Is it the fact that like it actually look, happened? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just don't like watching the shit. Um, serial killer films really freak me out, but I don't know. Like my last two. Um, my last film, Doctor Reeves, was about a serial killer. This film is about a serial killer. Um, but I'm not really into watching someone else's serial killer film, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> and I sure don't like watching the documentary because it's just that creeps me out anymore because it's just like it's just too real for me. Even in three three three, it's more to me. I'm writing. It's a you know, Sarah's a female serial killer, but she's not the typical serial killer. She's not like the Michael Myers serial killer. She's not like the the slasher serial killer. Like I'm gonna just go out there and just kill anybody just for no reason. Right. Uh, I, the way that I wrote her character, I wanted you to like still like embrace her and want to know more about her. Like maybe she has a backstory and. When she kills in my film, the 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 two times that you actually see her kill someone, it was for a good reason. So I, and she's not your typical serial killer. I put it to you that way, and yeah. it's just like my film three three three. It's more dealing with like spirits and ghosts because that's what I experienced. So me sitting here. Like when I hang up with you guys, I know it's gonna be like um dark outside soon. I'm not gonna sit here and watch a serial killer documentary. You know, that's just like those type of things creep me out. You know, the supernatural spirits and stuff like that. That stuff don't creep me out. So when your your films about the serial killer, like, do you do any like so how do you kind of research necessarily serial killers? Um I really, I do, I, I do a little research, like, um, with Dr. Lee, um, one of my favorite films is, um, Silence of the Lamb, and I've seen Silence of, of the Lamb, like, a million times, but Dr. Reeves is just a character that I created, and I'm gonna reiterate this, I'm not a <laughs> killer, but his personality was sort of a lot of my characters almost all of my characters have a little of me in them if that makes sense that makes sense so besides the killing part <laughs> so <laughs> that's just something you added I, i'm glad you cleared that up yeah so. yes thank you for that clarification <laughs> and i watch a lot of horror films like i watch a lot of for instance dexter we, we we keep talking about horror, but when you think about it, like I watch, I watch, I love. First of all, I love film. I love everything that has to do with film. Like I'm the person that when I'm watching a film, I I see everything. I'm looking at the lighting. I'm looking at the editing. I'm looking at the production. I'm picturing myself actually sitting in the room as the writers are writing this scene in this this season, this this um this episode, and I'm like, yo, these are people of genius. Like I wanna sit in the writing room with these people like, who came up with this storyline? I'm that type of person. So I watch a lot of films. So coming up with the character, um, 
Dr. Reeves, that's like years and years of watching like dope film, dope writing. You know, people just putting a lot of like their creativity on paper and showing and displaying it to the viewers. But I'm I'm that viewer, like I analyze everything. Unfortunately, sometimes I'm like, Laverne, just enjoy the film. Like I'm, I'm just watching everything. I'm that person. Not only do I watch everything, I'm looking at the credits. Like a true filmmaker. Um, I, the the credits, I'm just like, yo, like you did that right there. Yo, Dan, you did that. Joe, you did that over there. Yeah, I'm looking at the credits <laughs> for everybody that put every little nick and cranny into that one little episode. So um, it's not so much doing my research on a serial killer. It's just years and years of experience and just loving film and just, you know, looking at different characters and just watching how they move and how they act. And when when I write my scripts and I write my characters, I'm basing it on that. But I'm also, again, adding my life experiences, things that I went through, my, my personality. You know, that's what makes it... And, and that's why it's so easy for me to come up with these characters because, like, I can do something today and my, I wrote 333. And when I tell you, I revised that script probably like 20 different times because I will come up with something and I will add it to the script. There's things in this film that, that I wrote in the script that, the majority of the cast members have no clue and I want to keep I do that all the time I want them to be surprised when I actually show it in a movie theater and they're sitting there I want them to be surprised when when they were watching the call film like half the cast members like when did this happen when did you film this when did you add this I like that that surprise so I'm, I'm doing the same thing with 333 there's a lot of things like I can, when when I hang up with you guys today, like probably two hours from now, I'll think of something, I'll write it down, and I'll add it to the script. I'll share it with a couple of people on my production team, like, what do you think about this? And they're like, yep, like, that's dope. <laughs> but I just love it. I just love film. So how many times um, do you rewrite? Like, once you're done with the script and you go back, how many times do you go back until you finally say, okay, I'm done? Um, after the editing, after the editing is done. <laughs> oh, so you you don't you just go with it exactly like um with the call film. We were actually on set, and you know that that's a whole story in itself. Um, that was a film that really wasn't something that I came up with but my name was attached to it and the person the film that it belonged to they disappeared and because my name was attached to it and I'm the type of person that you know there's a lot of people that purchased plane tickets and you know they took off work and you had all these kids that was excited about being in this film and I'm just not going to be that person to be like, oh, well, man, the film's not going to go on because I can't find this person. Right. So I I made do. You know, I rented an Airbnb. 
And, you know, I went in my pockets and I paid for everything, you know, out of my pockets. And the person, when they wrote the script, like, it was just like, it wasn't complete. So while we were on set, I came up with a lot of that stuff while we were on set. Improvise. I, I would I would walk into a room and I'm looking at the room and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> and then I'll go downstairs. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. So come over here. You two come over here. Okay, this is what we're going to do. So this thing, and that's how I, I come up with stuff. I can come up with stuff on the spot. And if I have to, just it, it, it there's a scene where I feel like I need to push the envelope to make it more creative that's what you know that's what I'm going to do so even in the editing process with the call um I felt like the script was so bad that <laughs> um and I, I don't want to say the script was bad I tried to sit with the person and tell them like um we have to sit down and we have to do a table reading because I felt like if she sat, if she sat down and did a table reading, she would she would hear it as we're reading it that like we need to expand it. You need to like um, you just can't introduce a character without really having the viewer get to know this character. Right. Like um, maybe he can wake up and like brush his teeth, like put his shoes on, like walk down the street, you know, talk to the neighbor, like let's introduce him, like let's get to know him. And like, why? Why do we need to do that? Like the viewer's going to know that when he woke up, he did this and I'm like, okay. But it it was just like the 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 script was so robotic. It was like I didn't know the characters. So um with the call, that's how we did the call film. So on 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 set, it was like I just came up with stuff. The majority of that film was stuff that we actually that I actually came with came up with on set because the script only had fifteen pages and we all know that's probably like a 10 minute film, but it was supposed to be a feature film. And I'm just like, this is not even enough pages for a feature film. Oh, wow. And the film was only 50, the film was 50 minutes because I stretched it to make it 50 minutes. So I only had 15, 15 pages. All that you came up with the fly on the fly. Yeah, exactly. No, that's um, a lot. It really, that's a lot. It really is. Yeah. That's, there's really not an official script for the call film because I came up with a lot of that stuff on set. Now, did you kind of leave um, kind of room for the actors to kind of use improv- improvisation as well? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, the little girl, um, her name is Ayana. She plays um, young Luella. And um, there was this doll that was in the house, and everybody was afraid of this doll. <laughs> they would hide the doll from me because I kept looking at the doll like that doll is going to be in this film. I don't know what she's going to do yet, but she's going to be in this film. <laughs> and they kept hiding the doll from me because nobody wanted to look at the doll. 
You want to know what's crazy? I have so many um, cast members, people that's on my production team. They like, they're so excited to be a part of what I'm doing, but every last one of them are afraid of art. <laughs> every last one of them, like when we're filming, they all creeped out. I'm like, how do you want to be a part of this? But she creeped out. So on the side of the call, we were like in this big house. You know, it was a, um, a, a old fashioned Victorian house. It had like a um, character and there was this doll and everybody kept hiding that doll. Finally, I found the doll and I put the doll in a rocking chair. <laughs> and a little girl, Ayana, she was so good that she came up. I, I actually gave her credit. That's another thing about me. Like when, when, you know, when I have people on set, it doesn't matter if you came to help me um, cook meals or, or, you know, you came to help me um, set up lights or something. I'm going to give people credit for everything that they do. And I actually gave her credit for that scene because she came up with all of that, that dialogue that she did in that scene with the doll in the rocking chair, like mm. off the top of her head. That's, those are the things we did the entire time we were filming um, that movie. It was a it was a low budget movie, but at the same time, it was just like um, the cast members had fun, the kids had fun, and afterwards, I gave them, um, you know, I showed the film in a movie theater, and I had a award ceremony, and I gave everybody a trophy. But I wanted to do that film. I actually do that with all my films. I have like award ceremonies, like red carpet events and stuff like that. Yes, that's what's up. Now you've out, you're saying you um you basically you've directed adults and children. So what's the difference in your style of directing as far as dealing with children? Um with the children, I feel like it's much easier. <laughs> It's so much easier with the kids because um, they not only not only are they having fun with it, but you don't necessarily have to. I feel like the kids are, are much natural with it, where they don't try to go word from word with what's on the script. If that makes sense, I think that the adults try too hard to try to go with, you know, everything that's in and, and and another thing I feel like most of my adult class, um, I have to keep reminding them to just be yourself. I don't want you to try to play a part because I wrote this character for you. I wrote this character based on your personality. With with all my films I know the majority of my cast members, and when I write that character, I write that character based on their personality. And I don't. <laughs> it, it, it's just like I don't. I don't want you to. Act, I don't want you to. Um. They they try too hard to play a, a role. They try too hard to play a character in their mind. Like I think this character would do this, but no. You did, for instance, um, Sarah, 
the serial killer Sarah is played by someone that I personally know, and I based her character on this person. And I and I keep trying to reiterate to her, you're you're this person. You just happen to be a serial killer. I don't want you to do any acting. With the kids, it just comes natural to them to just be themselves. Right. And it, it, yeah, and it's, you know, (laughs) it's a lot fun with the kids, too. They they have fun with it. Um, It has its pros and cons, because when I tell you the kids, um, you can spend a lot of hours with the the kids because they're being silly. (laughs) And it's like, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, you got to sit there and wait till they get their silliness out of them and they're laughing and they're giggling and they're playing off each other when you got all of them together. And it's just like, so but besides that, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. But that's that's the the, um, the difference between that I've experienced with the um, adult cast and the kids cast. I feel like the, the adult cast tend to, go off track a little bit and try to overact so to speak and I I don't really like that because you can you can tell you can pick that up on camera especially when you're not dealing with when you're dealing with um I have strong actors that I cast and I have cast members who are not strong actors but they're strong they're, they're strong actors because the way that I wrote this character is based on your personality it's based on you so you don't have to really act and just want you to be yourself and and when you're being yourself it does it it, it appears that you're a strong actor so that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah you, you're um I think they kind of, even in sports, like I guess I can use basketball, you kind of build a team around people's skill sets. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But you have to kind of remind them that you, you're you're this person. Like, <laughs> I'm basically having you do, I just need you to be you. So you don't have to yeah. overthink it. Well, the problem is, yeah. like, a lot of people want to go outside of their roles. Yeah. Uh, especially in today's environment. You know, like somebody that's like, you know, a, a certain role player. Everybody uh, want to be the star. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I definitely simplified that one. Everybody wants to be the star. Yeah. It's like, yo, this, this wasn't meant for you to be the star. You're going to die on page six. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you can die a star's death, but I mean, you're still going to be dead by page six. Like, like Black Hole Star? Where it implodes on itself, man. You're talking as if I've seen this. I don't. I don't watch none of this. <laughs> what What is the name of the movie? No, no. I'm saying like, uh, like uh, he said. He said you're gonna die like a star, and I started thinking about black holes. You know, like when a star oh. dies, it basically like you know. Oh, oh. Uh, he's, he's talking about, about science. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, a, about a movie, the black I hole. did too. Uh, I, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> I like it. I that even that sound. Either. That sound like a movie I didn't watch either. <laughs> oh man. man, you really don't like horror. No, 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 I don't like being scared. I don't. I my thing is I don't want to pay money. I don't even to like that word. So, yeah, I don't like the word at all. Or a haunted house. You, you, you probably seen Event Horizon. 
That sounds like a video game. <laughs> no, that that was the one with uh with uh Larry, right? Or Lawrence Fishburne? Maybe. They they were in space and they were they going to this black hole. Come to find out, like it was like going toward like the devil or something. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. What was this in the nineties or what? I it, to, it was like I early two thousand. For the premiere of my film. Yeah, hey, Kevin. Oh, what? All yeah. three of you. We are all of us going. I heard all two. <laughs> <laughs> I need to invite you because you I don't mind being crazy. invited. But <laughs> no, but you know what? My mom, my mother hates horror. My mother she, does too. That's I, where I get it from. Yeah, my mother. My mother don't watch horror. She don't like horror, but she read all of my books and. Not only did she love the book, she like gave me pointers and she watched um, my short film, The Reeves. And after reading my book, The Reeves, she she told me, she said, um, she said, I really, really, really like this book. She said, I like the book better than the short film. She like, this needs to be the, your next feature film. And my mother don't like horror films. Hmm. Now, was your mother kind of your motivation to almost um, like turn your your screenplays into books? No, I was already um, thinking about turning my own screenplays into books. I mean, my own yeah, screenplays into books. It, it all started with the um, pandemic. Really, I was bored, and I was. Um, quarantine alone in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> I decided I wanted to move back to San Antonio, Texas. And I really wasn't take I wasn't really looking at the news. Um I'm not really on social media a lot. I'll go on social media and promote if, if it wasn't for my um my magazine business and trying to promote I would not be on social media. <laughs> I really don't care too much for social media. So I really wasn't taking the um the 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 pandemic when it first started. I wasn't taking it serious. You know, like a couple of my family members were reaching out to me and they was like, oh, you you better go to the supermarket, you better do this and I'm just like I, I was just like too busy. I wasn't really <laughs> so I, long story short, I went to San Antonio. And I'm like, I, I want to go back to San Antonio because, you know, you can go to San Antonio and you can live in a nice um, two-bedroom, cheap, swimming pool, gym, movie theater, all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm going to go relax. So I moved back to San Antonio, Texas, and I and I find out that I'm in the middle of a, a freaking pandemic. Like, you can't leave the house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, don't man. Have no, I don't have no toilet paper. <laughs> mm. So... Um, I was just sitting in San Antonio. I started getting like depressed. You know, I was able to thank God use my phone to to have like groceries and water and stuff delivered to my house. But I was just sitting there, like no human interaction or anything. So I just got on my computer and I. I started typing and I came up with this um, this storyline based on me being quarantined in my home 
alone and just going crazy and and living with spirits. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was writing it to make it a little bit more creative, but that's what that's when I came up with three three three. Three 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 was really based on me being quarantined alone in my apartment. And as the quarantine lift and you know, we started going out and doing things, three 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 just kept evolving. It just keep it just kept it, it kept evolving to the point where I changed it where we no longer wear masks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, like the first script, it was just like everybody was wearing a mask. Like she couldn't leave the house. It, you know everything that I was doing, and you know a friend of mine reached out to me, and she she was telling me she's like, you know, what are you working on? And I told her, well, you know, I'm I'm working on this film. This was way before the book, and I want to film this movie. And this was when you know restrictions started letting out they was letting people come out you know the, the you know the quarantine was over and stuff and she said i, I want to be in your film like i and and i was telling her i said i was thinking about it and i was like um well i don't have the way that i wrote the film it was like based really on one character which was me and i didn't feel like she could play that character I didn't have an actress yet to play that character, but I didn't think that she, with her personality, she could play that character. And she was just like, she just wanted to work. She didn't care what she did, but she, you know, she didn't want to do like a Zoom character because, you know, with the COVID around that time, I was thinking about doing something where, you know, one of the characters could talk to a doctor through Zoom because I was talking to my doctor through Zoom. She's like, you know, I don't want to do like a character through Zoom. I want to be like in person. Like, I just want to be in one of your films in person. So I hung up with her and I thought to myself, out of all the years that I've known her, that was the most emotion that I've gotten out of her. Like, she's really a quiet person, reserved. You know, she's just like, um, sometimes I can't read her. And when I hung up with her, that like, it just stuck in my head. And I look, I was staring at my computer and I, I came up with the character, um, the serial killer, Sarah, based on her character. Based on, based, I came up with the serial killer, Sarah, based on my friend's personality. Or who she was. That was the Exactly, because she was always reserved. She was always quiet. She would sit in the corner, and I would be like, "Yeah, you're okay." I talk to her. She'll smile, and I'm like, "Oh, is she okay?" Like I could never read her. So I, I and I and I called her, and I said, "Okay," I said, "You could be in the film." I said, "But guess what? This is your character. You're going to be your name is your character is Sarah, and she's a female serial killer based um." in the, in the um, 1960s and when I tell you she was like you you would have thought I just told her she hit the lottery she was so happy she, oh my god I always wanted to play a serial killer oh, wow. and that's how I came up with the character um, for um, the serial killer for 3 to 3 that's not even um, 
again, this was way before I even wrote the book. So, mm. and in the book, we, we, the book talks more about the character that's, that's in present time in 2021 um, quarantine. But in my film, I decided to do, um, the majority of the story is about the storyline with the serial killer, Sarah, from the book. Because I just thought that would be a little bit more creative and creepy. <laughs> Creative and creepy. I, I trust your judgment on that. <laughs> I like creative and creepy. Now, usually you hear um, that people take take a that write as a book, and then the book is turned into a screenplay. So, do you feel like um, mm-hmm. there'll be more of something like, and you you write your screenplay and make it a film, then turn it into a book? Is that kind of a practice you think you'll be doing more of? No, I wrote four books and less than three months and it almost killed me <laughs> like my brain was fried so you're done with the book writing it for the moment I, I'm, I'm i'm done with the book writing mm. i'm i'm just like i don't again i don't consider myself an author um that happened by accident um there was a client <laughs> that wanted our company to ghostwrite a book for her. And it wasn't going the way that she wanted it to. And, you know, being that my name didn't, you know, it's, it, you know, this is my business, LV, LV Media, um, LV, you know, Laverne Sproul, Sproul Publishing. I, I felt like I wanted to help her. So I, you know, I told her to send me the manuscript. Come to find out, she never had a manuscript. Um, she came to our company with, you know, that's another story. But there was no manuscript. So, but I still wanted to help her because she, she had reached out to all these people, and you know, she did pre-sales, and she had a deadline for her book. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to help you. So what I did was, I wrote this book for her. And when I tell you I was waking up six o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the morning writing this book for her. And (laughs) it was any and everything that I experienced in my childhood, you know, my adulthood, my cousins, my aunts, my favorite movies. (laughs) You know, I threw some of my favorite movies in there. You know, Dead Presidents is one of my favorite movies. I put some of that stuff in there, you know, influence from that movie. And I wrote the book for her. And she didn't want to pay me. For whatever reason. She didn't want to pay me, so. And What was her reasoning? You know what? I just felt like she just didn't want to just pay the rest of the money. So she created this imaginary beast. I I, I can't call it sometimes. (laughs) You know. Yeah, I sat, the one time I sat with my cousin, I said, you know, I was like having this pity party. I was like, why do people do these things? And my cousin like, Laverne, it's just like people just like that. You just can't question it. Some people just, you know what I mean? So I just, I never forget when she said that to me. So whenever people go left, I don't question it. You know, some people would just, just like that. And, but 
the crazy thing is that um, I was proud of myself because I stepped out of my comfort zone and I actually wrote a book about something that had nothing to do with horror, had nothing to do with suspense, thriller, psychological. It, it's like far less. And I actually put that on paper. That portrait of an African-American girl is like by far the, the, my favorite out of everything that I put on paper. I, I hope to make that into a film one day, but I would only make that into a film if I had industry money. That's how good I think it is. I, I, I can't, that's not low budget. I would never even attempt to even try that. But I, I thought to myself, I said, I'm just going to go ahead and publish this book and, you know, change the name. I came up the top of my head, Portrait of an African American Girl. That's what I named it. You know, I sold it on Amazon. And um, because I wrote the book so fast and I was sending it to a couple of people that I know that are writers, and I'm like, what do you think? Cause, nah, I'm no author. I don't. <laughs> I don't write books. <laughs> and they were like impressed. And they, why don't you? And, and the the thing is, they were telling me why you why you never wrote a book before. And I'm just like the reason why it, it, it's like how I am, like how I was in um, high school, how I was when I was in college. If I had to do something, I don't. I, I'm the type of person. I went to college when I was in in the military because I had to go to college in order to stay in the military and get points and get promoted. I don't want to go to college. I can't. You know what I'm saying, but I'm a, I'm going to get good grades because that's what I have to do. I had to write this book and I went and, and I did my research and I did it in a way where I was helping this person. I'm going to write it. I'm going to, I'm going to write it correctly. I'm going to add some creativity to it. I'm going to write it where the readers are like, wow, because that's what I have to do. Right. So I had these three scripts. I already started writing 333. I had already done the dark house way before the reads. I already had the reads and I'm like, okay, I'm still sitting here you know, quarantine by myself, nothing else. <laughs> I might as well turn these scripts into books. I was able to turn this into a book, and that's how I was able to write four books in less than four months. That's what's up. It, 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 was, it was the pandemic, really, that motivated me. I, I really, I honestly believe, had I not been quarantined alone, I, I, I wouldn't have got that much done. That's why I was able to get that much done in so such a short period of time because there was nothing else for me to do. I was just in, in a house by myself with an office and a computer. I was just like, okay. Right. That's how we started this podcast. We had nothing to do. Literally. We needed something to do. So we we started a podcast. So yeah, uh, I think that quarantine turned a lot, you know. It did. Um, pulled a lot of creative juices out of a lot of people. It did. It also made stuff expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said it made stuff expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Like what? For instance, the cameras. 
um, the the equipment we're talking to right now. Um, mm. a, a lot of this stuff got harder to get because mm. everybody decided they were going to start a podcast. <laughs> Literally. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. I saw a lot of that. Yeah, we. Yeah, I guess we got our stuff while it was cheaper. Or like self self tapes, like self help tapes and, and videos and stuff like that. Everybody wanted to buy camera equipment because they couldn't go anywhere, so they would just sit in there and make these videos. And they got to do self tapes to uh, send off to casting directors because I mean, answer that was how most um, auditions were being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's mm. that. Oh yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I've been I've I've been burnt so many times with um. Um, cinematographers that want to charge me cinematographer money, but wasn't giving me cinematography um work. <laughs> um, you know, if if I'm gonna pay you to be a cinematographer and I have to take the footage and edit the crap out of the footage because it's like grainy and you don't know your your camera settings, and I'm the, I'm the director. I don't have time to be like, right? Are you, are you sure you got the proper settings? <laughs> Mm, and it it got to the point where when um i was i you know the 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 script was done for three 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 and you know i don't consider myself a cinematographer you know and it was like i wasn't confident enough to film the film myself so i started looking for a cinematographer and i felt like i just Keep, I don't know what it is. I keep getting these, these cinematographers who don't have their own equipment, so they want to charge your arm and a leg so they can rent equipment. But then it's like you're not really invested in the story. You know, you didn't take the time to read the script yet. You just want to rent equipment, show up when it's time to show up. And, 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 and play with it and don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, and, and not only that, I you know... I had to keep saying to myself, your last films, you hired cinematographers and you had to tell them like where to shoot the camera, like mm. I'm at this angle. And then, and then when it was all said and done, I was thinking to myself, I, I could have got a camera and did that myself. Like what did right. I pay this mm. person for? So <laughs> it, it comes up, you know, it comes a point where you have to keep telling yourself, like, mm. why do you keep putting yourself in the same situation and you beat yourself up afterwards. So I just went out and got my own equipment. I so you taught yourself? Yeah. I, I, um, YouTube is your friend, you know. YouTube University. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I took some um, online workshop classes. And it went from cinematography to, you know, people just, you know, not reliable you know i had a couple of people for lighting because i wasn't comfortable with what with lighting i'm like okay that's the one thing i can't skip i gotta get somebody for lighting well i was running into the same situation with lighting so what did i do (laughs) i got my own lighting equipment Mm. i watched a lot of youtube videos on lighting and you know went from that to audio and it's just like I have my own lighting equipment. I have my own audio equipment. I have my own camera equipment, lens. I have everything that you need to 
film a um a um a movie. That's what's it, up. My biggest my biggest mistake was my very first film. I hired, you know, I had the script, I had yeah. everything in my head how I wanted to play out. You know, I made them. I made the mistake of thinking that I can give this information to another individual that I just met, pay him, and he'll take my vision and you know, shoot a camera, and I'm good to go. This already sounds like it about, horribly. <laughs> I knew nothing about cinematography. I knew nothing about lighting. I knew nothing about audio. Like I should have known when when this guy walks in the door with just a camera and no equipment, that was not going to turn out right. But I was just so naive, my very first film, I just went along with it. And then looking at the the, the, um, the end product, it's just like the, the audio was awful. Like, it, you know, I, I, I planned a whole film premiere, an award ceremony, and we had no film. I well, refused to. Oh. I refused to show the film. So I had to film the entire movie all over again from scratch. Ouch. So as I as I went along, you know, the more experience you get, where you know, it doesn't matter if you're not a cinematographer. It doesn't matter if you never went to school for lighting. It doesn't matter if you if if you never went to school for audio. It doesn't matter if you didn't know you didn't go to school to know anything about the production, the pre-production, the post-production, anything that's dealing with film. Just because you're a director, you need to learn all of those things. Because when someone walks through that door and try to <laughs> you, they can't bullshit you because you already know. You need to know how to do everything, especially if you're investing your own money and you can't rely on someone, you can do it yourself. I can right. do my own I can do my own lighting. I can film the whole entire scene and I can be the gaffer, I can do the audio, I can do that I, I can do everything myself. You wanna know why? Because it, it doesn't matter if I can't find this person. It's just like you still need to know how to do all these things. Right. And that was my biggest mistake in the very beginning when I got into filming. I thought that I just want to be a director. I can be a great director. You can't be a great director if you don't know about lighting, if you don't know about cinematography. Some of these cinematography think cinematography. We, I got some people out here that really, I, I came across some people that really think they're professional cinematographers and they are not. Huh. They think showing up <laughs> and pointing a camera, or where, you, or where you want me to shoot this, they think that just because you pay them to just point the camera that that's cinematography. That's not cinematography. I think you just told a story that many directors have all experienced. That's why yeah, I shoot myself. Good. That's why I have a camera in my hand. Even if I'm directing, I always have the camera in my hand. Because nobody's going to know your vision but you, really. Exactly. So now, let's... Uh, and they don't, they don't want to know your vision. They just want to... Right. Oh, they're gonna get paid. Right. Let's talk about <laughs> your uh magazine and how did that come about? Oh wow, <laughs> the magazine. because um, I've seen you know the covers of the magazine and the, you had um one of the artists here in Nashville was on the cover of it. I forgot her name, but um, 
they got all the way out here to Nashville. So how how did that come about, and uh, how long have you been doing that? Oh, it's crazy. The um the magazine started when with my first film, The Read, because um during the filming and production, and then after the filming was like almost done, and I put out the trailer and everything, I wanted to promote the film. But not only did I want to promote the film, I wanted to promote my um, my cast members and my film crew. And I was reaching out to a lot of media outlets. And at the time, you know, they were just looking at me like I had three heads. Like, who are you? <laughs> and I could I couldn't get anybody to like put us in their magazine, interview us, and. You know, I went to sleep. I woke up one morning and I said, you know what? I should create my own media outlet and promote my own people and promote my own film and create my own magazine and put my own, my own, like, actors and actresses on the cover. And that's what I did. I, I came out with my first magazine in um, October. And. How that came about was October of, um, of last year. October. Oh no, this was like four years ago. Oh, huh. I've had this magazine now for four years, and you know, long story short, like, you know, I think in the beginning, you know, people were looking at the magazine; they really wasn't taking it serious, but they saw the consistency, they saw the quality. You know, I'm the type of person that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to see it through. And the magazine just kept evolving, and um, it just blew up out of nowhere. Like, I, I only started it just so I can promote what I was doing. And I had, like, a lot of people reaching out to me, can I be in your magazine? Can I be in your color? I can be in? And in the beginning, we were just, like, doing it for free. You know, I was like, you want to be on the cover? Okay, <laughs> like, give me your story. What's your story? But, you know, over time, it was just like, okay, like, it's, this is not no, like, kindergarten word cut and paste. Like, it really takes a lot of work um, typing these articles and doing the layout and making sure, like, it looks like good quality. And we pay money to keep our magazine going. So we started... Um, charging a fee and we don't charge everybody like for instance the little boys that you know was in Jordan Pills film <laughs> you know somebody like that you know that's a blessing to have him on the cover of the kids magazine right so you know it started out with just LV magazine and then you know it went into um, LV magazine kids because the kids are awesome. I'm trying to tell you, like, the the kids are just, they, there's so much appreciative. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know, the parents call and the kids will be like, you can, you can see the huge, you know, they'll call on FaceTime or sometimes they call on the phone and they're just like screaming when they get, I, I just love that feeling. It just brings good be able to yeah, and um, I wish in the beginning I would have just did a kids' magazine because the, the kids, to me, like the kids and the parents, I, I I don't really, 
there's a lot of kids that I put on the um, cover where or in the, inside the magazine if the if the parents don't have the money, you know I work with them. But to me, with our magazine, it's not really about the money. But that's the reason why I started my magazine was to promote everything that I was doing because nobody would give nobody would give me a chance. And, and the thing about now doing to it, this day, and doing it with the kids, they're gonna keep that with them. Like when they grow up, yeah. they're going to show it to, like when they have kids, they're going to show, yeah, this was your daddy when he was six and it was on this magazine. Like oh, it, yes. so it's it's almost like sure. a collector's item for that person's life. Right. So that's yeah. a really great idea. And there's a lot of kids, when I tell you, um, really the, the kids that are um, famous now, so to speak, our magazine is their first magazine cover. So when, when you know, as their careers keep, you know, expanding and evolving, like my great-grandkids can hold that magazine of that that person who, who's a celebrity when they're 10 years old, this was their first magazine cover. Yeah, that's a great feeling that that um, LV Magazine kids is like their first ever cover. <laughs> yeah, that's and what's up. Like other media outlets, kind of um, they do their research on them. They go to your magazine first, so it's a nice little uh, yes. promotion for you as well. I, I've had some of those media outlets that I reached out to that long <laughs> they give me the time of day. Like I surpassed them like twenty times over. And I know they got to be looking at me like, how did she do that? It's, right. it's hard work. I'm trying to tell you, running a magazine company is a lot of hard work. Um, you know, I have the film. Thank God I have, you know, an awesome team. Um, an awesome team of loyal people that, you know, they stuck by my side. You know, from the very beginning, you know, it's, it's good when you find people that are loyal and stick with you until the wheels fall off. And those are the type of people that I like to um, surround myself with. Now, as we wrap this up, I just wanted to end by asking you, what would you like for your in, your imprint to be in film and in media? Um, my name Laverne Sproul. I want my great grandkids to be able to, um, you know, 20 years from now, be able to just Google my name and, and, and that that's my great grandmother. That's it. That's my name. My, my grandmother did, my grandmother did that. <laughs> you know, I want to leave a legacy for my family because, you know, there's a lot of us black families where, we don't have that. You know, we can't just, we didn't really have, you know, I'm in my 50s. I couldn't Google, just Google my great-grandmother when I was, you know, was little. So I just want to be, I want to be able to leave a legacy for my um, for, for my great-grandkids, their grandkids, to, to look at all the things that I'm creating now for them to look to look at. You know, I want my magazine to just keep 
growing and growing and growing and I'm going to leave, you know, leave, leave this magazine company to my grandson. So, you know, hopefully he can leave it to his grandkids and, and they could just look at all the great things that I built for them. Well, That's Laverne, why I do everything. Dude, we can just say that uh, a theme of your life is effort. I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I've got a whole lot of stuff, and I just do it myself. And by doing Mm -hmm. that, you have done quite well for yourself. Wanted to thank you for taking time out to talk to us today. But can I give a huge like thank you and shout out? (laughs) Go right ahead. Leave an interview with a shout out to Felicia Johnson. That's my daughter. She's like the backbone of the entire enterprise that we got going on over here. You know. She inspired me to go outside the box and just started like learning all the things on my own, like building websites. And I never knew how to build a website. I know how to build a website now. And, you know, learning any and everything about film, you know, cinematography, lighting and all that. Um, Alethea Gibbs, she's a, um, she's a part of our production team. Like she's been there through us from the very beginning. She, you know, she's there thick and thin. She helps with everything dealing with production. Um, Dashna Kamir, she's um, one of our writers from our magazine. She started out with us in the very beginning. She's still there. Like, those three women, um, I just want to thank them and give my hats off to them because without them, I I don't know how I can just, like, keep going with the film, you know, the, the media production company, the magazine, those three women, they, they help everything move along. They are oil to this this whole enterprise. <laughs> like and I want to thank you guys for allowing me to be on your podcast. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. We, you we've got a Stop lot of gems from you today. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's never going to change. <laughs> yeah. Never. I will read a horror before I watch it. <laughs> you just send me the book. <laughs> Well, you know what? You need to give me your address because I'm going to send you my books. I think you would love them. My mother don't like horror, but she loved the book. Yeah, I can read them. I can't watch as soon as that music comes on. I'm getting out. (laughs) (laughs) But oh my goodness, you have to come to the movie. You need you need you have to come to the film premiere. There'll be a lot of other people in the movie theater, and they all gonna see me leave. (laughs) (laughs) Each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. I'm going to turn that horror into a comedy how fast I get up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, my goodness. But once again, I am Kevin Mumphrey with my co-host, Karsten Hype Ferguson. Yep. Victoria V.A. Jones. Absolutely. And that is a wrap. <laughs>